0: Well, good morning, and welcome to Lakeside Church. My wife and I, Emrick, are so happy you could be here today. We are in the midst of a series that is called Ask Lakeside Church Anything. Um, we like to do once or twice a year is just allow people to ask questions. It's, it's easy to come up with uh, things to talk about. There's so many things in the scripture, but sometimes I think it's good for the people to be able to ask, and things that you're dealing with, things that you're struggling with, things you want to know about. And so we give people the opportunity to ask those questions and make sure that they have the chance to, to kind of get the answers that they're looking for. And so we take all the questions, we try to compile them, try to put them in like questions. So if there's something that is similar, we try to, um, to line them up. So today's question, um, it's, uh, we were going to do this last week, but we put an audible last week and we talked about Pentecost. So you'll notice on your insert that the date is a week off, but that's okay. we got time and it actually works out pretty well because the topic is what happens when we die. And we're um, celebrating or remembering Memorial Day tomorrow where we're remembering the soldiers who have lost their life. And so I think it's a really, really kind of fitting topic where, where we're grateful. I'm so glad to live in this country. And I know it's not perfect, but it's, it's the greatest place on earth. And I just thank God um, for the men and women who have given their lives to protect my family and your family as well. So the question is, um, what happens when we die? Um, somebody else, they said, when a loved one dies, everyone always says we will see them again in heaven. But will we know each other? And when you die, do you really go to heaven or do you just stay in the ground until Jesus comes back? Now this is one of those topics that is, uh, um, there's nowhere in the Bible where Jesus or any of the apostles lay out A, B, C, and D. This is what happens when you die. So it's not like there's a scripture we could talk to point to. It tells you everything that happens because um, it's kind of mysterious. Um, but one day we will die. One day... Um, and I think about that sometimes. We'll close our eyes for the last time, or we'll ble- breathe our last breath, and we will be, something's going to happen. And so we got to try to look through the scriptures and see what will happen. Now, what I want to start with is, because I'm very Christ-centered in my theology, he is the Son of God, he is the Messiah, he is the one who everything points to. Both forward and backwards, and he is—he is all things. So let's see what he says. Um, in John six forty four, he says, "No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day." So there's this idea of resurrection. Uh, this last summer, uh, I went to um, California. And so when I talk about our trip to California as a family, I went there for a conference. I don't talk about the car ride to the airport. I don't talk about the airplane ride, um, because that's that's not the interesting part. But I talk about our destination, how we saw the Pacific Ocean for the first time, and we saw Mel Gibson driving around in a Ferrari, and how we walked on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and how a bum spit on my uh, son's foot. Um, I, 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 I don't mean that badly, but, but that's what happened, and those were the highlights, and that's what we talk about, and that was disgusting. I'll tell you today, even today, my wife, she has an iron stomach, and she still thinks about that, but that's what happened on at in the trip. I don't spend a lot of time, and then we got in the car, and we, we drove over here, and then we had to stop for gas, and then my kids had to go to the bathroom, and then the second we got back in the car, my kids had to go to the bathroom again, and... We were on the airplane. Like, that's not the interesting part, um kind of brush through that and I think that is what kind of happens when we talk about what happens when you die is, is the first point I want you to know is, is our resurrection is his goal like God promised to bring us back to life and Jesus' resurrection is proof of that that he will be truthful and faithful to his word like he will do that he will bring us up and so that is the ultimate goal is not really that that trip as we get there which is why the scripture doesn't lay it out, A, B, C, and D. But, but that's what he wants to do. Like, he wants to resurrect us. And so I want you to, to, to th- have this whole concept of resurrection is the end goal. Now between the time we close our eyes for the last time and the time he resurrects us, like that's the question. That's what people want to know. And so let's, let's go into, um, and let's talk about the resurrection a little bit more. This is the book of Revelation, chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. It says, I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. And from his presence, the earth and the sky fled away. And no one was found for them. No place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they'd done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And each one was judged according to what they'd done. And death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, which is the second death, the lake of fire. And verse 15, and if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the book of fire so thinking about our ultimate destination which is number one our resurrection that we will live again that Jesus promised that he will raise us up the next part about that is the next point is we will all stand before Christ to be judged the books are going to be open everything you've done everything I've done will be laid out laid out in front of him like all the highlight reels there's there's no deleting your history there's there's no hiding anything things that you've done that no one else knows that you've taken to the grave will be exposed on that day now that is not to scare you but it's to make you aware i'm not trying to make you scared i'm trying to make you aware like this is going to happen i think about the highlight reels there's going to be some things that are horrible there's going to be some things that are wonderful and some things that are just ridiculous this morning adam and i we were we were out there setting up the flags outside by the uh by the road out there, getting ready for church. And I just want to celebrate the dream team, people that come in early and help us set up. And and I wound up standing in an amp pile. And I didn't know that until the ants were about halfway up my leg. And it was like they waited till they got halfway up my leg, and there was about a 100 of them on there, a 1,000, I don't know, was covered in ants. And then all of a sudden they said, bite, and everybody started biting me. And so I looked down, and I realized what was happening. And so now I'm taking my shoes off, and I'm throwing them across the parking lot trying to get the ants off. And, and I just thought people are driving by saying, what, that's your pastor? what the heck is his problem out there throwing his shoes in the parking lot like there's just going to be so many things that that are hidden from others you guys wouldn't have known that unless I told you but those are going to be exposed and so I want you to think you're going to be judged and you know what the scripture says even, even the righteous will be judged it talks about Paul talks about in Corinthians about some will be saved yet they will suffer loss because they didn't build on the foundation with the right material they were on the foundation they were saved in Christ washed in his blood, his their sins were forgiven because they trusted in Christ, but yet their lives um, were not lived in such a way that that they built correctly. And says they're saved but suffer loss. And so when you think about this this being saved, um, you think about you know what's happening. Um, you know a lot of times we, we talk about heaven and we talk about hell, and we don't really understand them. We don't we don't really know the difference. Um, I mean, we know the difference. We know one is good and one is bad, but but we don't know the specifics. And it's kind of like, and this may not be the best example, but it's, you know, if I came up to you and said, "Would would you rather spend eternity getting a root canal or going to the opera? You would probably say... I, I guess the opera, because an eternal root canal sounds terrible, like very few people like the dentist, because it's just basically drilling and paying, you know, you're they're drilling in your tooth, and, and you're paying lots of money, and I don't want to spend eternity getting drilled and having to pay money, that sounds like a horrible deal, so I guess I'll choose opera, you know, I mean, and opera, I mean, maybe there's somebody in here that, that you love the opera, and I have nothing against the opera, in fact, the, the, the research says, I think 18% of Americans enjoy the opera that's what they say that they told the researchers but but only 3.3 percent of americans actually go to the opera so that means there's like 15 percent of the people they're lying the survey guy calls and they're like um do you enjoy the opera and they're like yes yes i do but but you never go and a lot of times we don't go because you don't understand. I mean, there's a lot of singing, there's a lot of costumes, and a lot of stuff going on on the stage, and you have no idea what's happening. And that's how a lot of people see heaven. It's like, it seems better than the root canal, seems better than hell, but I don't really get the whole um, the whole thing that's happening. But let me tell you something. Heaven is going to be wonderful. And that brings us to the next verse in Luke chapter 23, verses 42 through 43. This is the Jesus is dying on the cross. There is uh, two thieves. One is mocking him. One is, is asking him to remember him. And in verse 42, it's the, 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 the thief that, that was, was, was good. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus looks at him and says, truly, I say to you. This is verse 43 of chapter 43. He says, today you will be with me in paradise. So that thief, when he closed his eyes, when he died on that cross... He was with Jesus. That is the promise you have, that you get to be with Jesus, and it is paradise. It is wonderful. We may not understand everything. You can look through the rest of Revelation, and there's a lot going on up there. There's a lot of costumes and a lot of singing and a lot of things, but I promise you, it's not going to be the opera. If you're not an opera person and that just sounds boring to you, some people tell me, well, heaven just sounds boring. It is not going to be boring. It is going to be wonderful. Um, And so, so, so he told the thief, and this is kind of one of those points we can, we can know for sure, is he told the thief, today you will be with me in paradise. So yes, there's a resurrection, there's the ultimate goal. Yes, the, that's the goal. What's happening between them? Well, I believe when you close your eyes for that last time you will be with Jesus. And so the question is, where is Jesus? In, verse 50, um, and so in Acts chapter 7, verse 56 Stephen is, is the first martyr. He, he's getting killed um, um, for Christ. His faith in Christ has led people just to to stone him, and they just don't want him around. And as he's getting stoned, he looks up into the heavens, and he says, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. So where is Jesus? Jesus is at the right hand of God. He is at the place of authority and power. He is God. And so between then the resurrection and now when we when we close our eyes for the last time this is the next point we will be present with the lord who is at the father's right hand that is our promise it is wonderful he is good and so the people that question do, do you know anything um do you remember anything about your life is there anything going on that that or do you just come start a new life, start a new existence with no recollection of the past. Will we know each other? Well, in Revelation chapter 6 verses 9 through 11 um, it says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. And this is in heaven. These are people who have died for their um, testimony of Christ. And these people cry out with a loud voice, verse 10, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long will you before you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers would be complete, um, who were, were to be killed as they had been. Um, so so Jesus takes the death of his saints seriously. He gave them a white robe. But if you look at that scripture, it says, they remembered, they asked for him to avenge. So somehow, somehow you will remember your life on earth. I don't know how that is, because the scripture also says, every tear will be wiped away and there will be no sickness or sadness or death. So you will remember, but it's, it's not like you'll be sitting up there being tortured by your memories. Like It is good, it is paradise, Yet still, you remember. So yes, I would say you will recognize people in heaven. You, you will know your parents or your children, or maybe get to meet your grandparents for the first time, or or get to know um, somebody famous in history that is there. Like you will have a memory of your life, but yet it will be a kind of a transformed redeemed memory because there will be no sadness you will not be sitting around thinking about all the horrible things that happened. you may remember them but somehow that sadness and those tears will be gone it will be good it will be paradise so between um, now when you close your last eye your, your eyes for the last time and then when we're resurrected and stand before the judgment seat of christ there is some kind of of memory in heaven going on and that's why i say it's not perfectly clear but we can take these points out and and we kind of see what happens to when you're absent from the body you're present from the lord who was at the right hand of the father and there is some memory, because we see these martyrs in heaven, There, they're crying out for justice, so they do remember. And so the next point is, there's some form of memory while we wait. But I don't want you to think you're going to be tortured with your past for eternity, because that is not what's happening. There's there's memory, but God has somehow redeemed it, taken away the pain, taken away the sorrow, and leads you with, with what's good, and what's holy, and... And thank God for him redeeming us. He will redeem your body. He will redeem your soul. He will, he will take out all that's bad. And you will, only, you will be born again and resurrected anew in a new body to a new life. And it will be good. I can promise that because that is what the scripture says. But so to so to continue on um, in this, um, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it's appointed for man to die once, and that's men and women, to die once, and then after that comes the judgment. And so I want you to, to, to maybe instead of what happens when you die, think about this. What's happening while you live? Are you living your life in such a way so that so that when you die... And you stand before the judgment seat of God, that you are prepared, that you are ready, that that you are are ready to see him. I mean, I'm not trying to scare you, and I'm not trying to, to get you all worked up and and this is not a not a bad thing, but it's 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 I want you to see that, you know? I want you to see what happens. I want you to to think about um, you know, are 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 you living your life for God? in such a way that it's honorable. Talking about Memorial Day, um, one of the friends I know that lost their life um, in, in the recent wars we have in, in Iraq and Afghanistan was, was a man named Sam Griffith. He, Griffin, he was a good, amazing man, and Sam was just the man. He was one of the nicest, kindest guys. We knew him in Virginia Beach. He was a friend to me. I mean, he was a, a crossfitter, tried to get me into that, and and he went over there, and I think it was, um, I think it was an IED. He's gone, but he lived his life well. And so I ask you, um, you know, are, are you living your life well? This is not an escapist religion. This is not just you receive Christ and then you just wait around for, for, f- to die. But what are you building on that foundation? And, and what are you doing um, between then and now? Because, you know, you have some time here when we got ready for our trip to california to kind of bring it for full, full circle you know we pack things we prepared for that trip we said what are we going to need there what clothes are we going to need and, and and what shoes are we going to need and how much money are we going to need and and what are we going to need on the airplane ride and what are we going to need as far as a car when we get there how are we going to get around over there? And where are we going to stay? And we took all that into consideration because we knew once we got on the airplane, we couldn't pack anymore. There was no like clothes on the airplane for us to put in our bags. We're not going to steal from other people and just say, hey, can I borrow that shirt? No, it wasn't going to happen. We had to do all of our packing, all of our preparation here so that when we began the trip and we arrived in our final destination, we were ready. You know, Jesus tells a story about that. He talks about a banquet that he threw and he, and about the original people didn't want to come. And and so Jesus tells his servants and says, I want this banquet to be full. I want my party to be full of people. Go out into the highways and the byways and invite everyone. And so they invited the poor. Or maybe you're poor in spirit. They invited the lame. Maybe you feel like you can't live for Christ. They, they invited the people that, that had nothing, that society rejected. And maybe that's you because that is me. And he invited them to the banquet, and they sat at the party, but there was one guy who came into the party and he wasn't dressed appropriately. He didn't prepare. Whatever that looks like, whatever that means, and my encouragement for you is be prepared. You live your life. Find a church, if it's this church, find a church that you can go to and you can grow and you can invest in that church, in that body of people and build on your foundation. Find out how to be a good mom or a good dad or a good son and invest in that relationship. Find a way to serve the poor. Jesus loves that. Find a way to be involved with those people who are less fortunate than you. Don't treat your time here on earth like you're living in a hotel room. All right, have you ever, you've been in a hotel room? I don't know about y'all, but I treat a hotel room different than I treat my house. Hotel rooms are not mine. Towels in there are not mine. The sheets in there are not mine. In fact, sometimes they're kind of gross and you throw them off onto the side of the floor and you don't want to touch them, even in the best hotel rooms, because you know that's not your place. You treat it differently. When it's your home, and this is what I'm trying to teach my kids, you, know, you, you, you treat it well because it's yours. Don't treat your time here like a hotel room, something you're just gonna leave, something that that you know one day it's gonna be gone, and you can leave a big mess in, and who cares? Because somebody else is gonna pick it up. I mean, isn't that the best thing? I wish there was somebody that came by our house every day for free and was like, "Hey, now I mentioned for free because I don't feel like paying for it, but for free that would just clean it all up and straighten it up." But but when it's your home, you take care of it. Hotel room, something breaks, hey, the TV's broken. They send some guy in to fix it. Hey, the AC's broken. Send some guy in to fix it. It's all free, it's all cared for, you don't really care. Electricity's not yours, leave all the lights on, why not? Now, I'm not saying to do that, but, but that's how you treat something that's temporary, something that's not yours. Well, you are going to be in a very permanent place. You need to prepare here What has happened? This is not an escapist religion. And you know, the other thing I want to talk about is is don't worry about heaven right now. Like, have that in mind. Know the resurrection is happening. But once you get out, once you die, you can't change anything. It's already happened. The trip is already in motion. You can't tell the pilot where to fly. You are going where you're going. The pilot is taking you. But you can choose what plane to get on you can choose whether to enter the plane or not and right now you when you die what's going to happen is going to happen yes if you believe in christ and you put your faith in him you will be present with the lord who's at the right hand of the father and yes you'll have some memory and you can choose this day and i really believe this you can choose to put your faith in christ trust Him for your salvation, to ask Him to wash your sins with His blood and cleanse you. And, and you say, well that's gross, washing sins with blood? That doesn't even make any sense. Sins are disgusting. And the only thing that can cleanse them is the blood of Christ. It's kind of like if you have enough kids like I do and there's stuff on the wall, you got to know how to get the wall the stuff off. And like we use that Goo Gone or whatever that is, I don't know, or the cheap dollar store version of it. Well that'll get stuff off everything. It'll get marker, paint, um, you know, gunk stuff you don't even know what it is that you're afraid to touch I mean, sometimes they have to varnish off your furniture I mean, it is powerful stuff but it's kind of gross I mean, it just smells bad and you put your hands around it and you're like, ugh, and you get it on your skin and you feel like your skin's melting off Well, I'm not saying that blood of Jesus is gross but I'm saying blood in general is a very gross aspect and that's because sin is gross Sin is disgusting and and God there was no way to erase your sins other than Jesus' death in your place. And because he died, you can live. And so I encourage you to put your faith in Christ. Get ready for the judgment. Ask yourself what's happening when I live while I live. Do you really believe? Do you really believe in Jesus? Because that's all it takes. Well, if you're gonna believe in Jesus, you gotta believe He is your shepherd. I'm not your shepherd. Jesus is, He's the good shepherd. He is your teacher. I'm not your teacher. And he's a great teacher. He is your healer. I can't heal you, but Jesus can heal you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And you know what? He is your guide. He is your helper. He is your friend. He is your older brother. But he is also the judge. You can't divorce that. You can't cut that out of the picture. And so if you really believe you're going to be judged by Jesus, the all-knowing, ever-present God, he is going to judge you. He's going to judge you faithfully and true. You might live your day today in preparation, like as if you're packing for the trip for tomorrow. So I just want you to close your eyes right now. I want you to focus your mind on Christ. And um, we're going to say a prayer. Father God, I thank you for everyone in this room. If you're in this room right now. God, I pray that you would touch the people in this room with your grace and your mercy and your power and you'd allow them to experience forgiveness and healing. And Maybe you need a fresh start. If you're in this room right now and you need a fresh start, would you just put your hand up? If you need mercy, if you need forgiveness, if if you know you're not living your life in such a way that if you were to get there, it would be good. And you need Jesus to wash your sins away. Would you just put your hand up? Would you just put your faith in Christ. You guys have put your hand up. Would you just repeat after me? Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me for my sins. I put my faith in your Son. I believe He's my shepherd. I believe He's my healer. I believe He's my teacher. And I believe He's the one who will judge me. May your spirit live in me and guide me into the life you want me to live. May I live my life here well, so that when I arrive at the judgment, I can hear well done, good and faithful servant. Amen.